Did you know that the first gold rush in the U.S. happened in Georgia? They had the California gold rush beat by 21 years. So, how about those 28ers? Welcome to the lore of the South. Welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. Well, we made it home from Georgia, and what a gorgeous area. The Braver of the Cruise crew went ziplining through the trees over Helen, Georgia, and across um, a waterway. I myself stayed back at the Airbnb and listened to the creek that was on the property while I sipped an adult beverage. What else did we do? We rode the mountain coaster. That was a ton of fun. And then we explored the little faux alpine village. We did the hike to Anna Ruby Falls. It was gorgeous and well worth my chunky tail tracking half a mile uphill. We also visited the Hardman Farm, originally known as the West End Farm. This is where the Nakuchi Burial Mound is located, and I have a correction to make about that. In the pic I posted, I stated that it had never been disturbed, which was incorrect. The original owner had plowed over parts of it, had even found a few what were called square graves or rectangle graves. I'll have to go back to my research to verify that name. Well, then he covered all of that back up and rebuilt the mound and then added a gazebo on top of it to boot. But more of that in a future episode. My favorite stop had to be the Consolidated Gold Mine Company. And we got to take a tour of the gold mine itself. The tour took us 200 feet underground. And we ended up underneath what is now a super Walmart. Kind of reminded me of the ride Escape from Gringotts but with less goblins and dragons, if you know what I mean. We had a great tour guide and even got to pan for gold. I'll post some pics for y'all and I think Mike is gonna put a video together as well. It was a well needed break from reality y'all and I hope my stories do the same for you all. Just give you a little break in the day. And that brings us to history making news. This coming from The Big Think. A 90,000-year-old human hybrid was found in a cave in Siberia, and it is the first of her kind ever found. The scientist sequenced her DNA, and it was found that her mother was a Neanderthal, or Neanderthal if you prefer, and her father was Denisovian. The Denisovian species wasn't even discovered until 2010, there are so few samples to work with, we're not even sure what they would have looked like. All that is known about this first of her kind is that she was female, she died young, probably in her teens, and the cave that she inhabited was lived in by both Neanderthals and Denisovians. History is amazing. Today's episode idea comes from Nicole in Tennessee. She suggested the old story about the two trees of Athens, 
a story that dates back to the American Revolution. And to go along with this old folk tale, I have some tree lore for y'all too. Welcome to episode 50 y'all, Lore of the Trees. What's the line from the Lorax? I speak for the trees, I speak for the trees. For the trees have no tongues. Well, some time ago in our history, people did think the trees could talk, especially that of oaks. Oak trees can live to be hundreds of years old, grow to enormous sizes, and weather nearly any storm. It was also thought that nature spirits lived in these long living trees, especially the guardian of nature, the green man. Have you ever used the phrases touch wood or knock on wood? We use these sayings in hopes that the trees and their spirits will bestow good luck or perhaps counteract unlucky turn of phrase. Alder trees were thought to be the doorways for the fey folk to pass from their world into the human one. When cut, the alder gives off an orangish red sap, and our European ancestors thought the trees to be bleeding. They also felt like the wood had protective properties that covered the heart and the chest. So it's very popular to have a talisman carved from alder wood and worn around your neck, whether it was a pagan symbol or maybe even that of a cross. Now the elder tree. Y'all heard about the elder wand from Harry Potter, my Potter nerds? It could do powerful good or powerful evil. And witches loved it in ancient folklore. People thought that witches were attached to these trees, and the trees could bring about powerful evil and invite evil witches to dwell in them. You should never plant an elder tree by your front door, for every time it's opened, one of those witches could just jump right in your house and wreak havoc. Also, you should never make a baby's cradle from this wood. Doing this might invite a witch to come and steal the babe. Because y'all know how witches love babies. Lastly though, if you burn some of the wood from the elder, it will infuriate the evil witches and spirits and warn them away from your house. Now on to the roan tree. She's quite the opposite of the elder. You should build a baby's cradle from this protective wood. It's thought to ward away any evil that might prey upon the helpless baby. Again, contrary to the elder, it's considered good luck to plant a roan tree by your door. It will fend off evil and black magic from entering your home. It was also thought good luck to carry some sort of ornament carved from the roan tree. It would protect the one who was carrying it. Hazel. Hazel was found to be quite useful and magical to boot. The rods or branches of the tree were great protection from evil. If you're into Viking or Norse history, you've probably heard or read about laying of the hazel rods, where two warriors would fight inside the branch's perimeter. This would keep outside interference from occurring. A forked hazel branch is a great tool for water divining, 
People still use this method today in search of groundwater. Lastly, you can use a carved rod or spoon from hazel trees to stir your jams and preserves as they simmer. This will ensure that those tricky fae with a sweet tooth won't sneak in at night or while you're out taking care of chores and steal away all of your hard, sweet work. Our last mystical tree we come to is the holly. Alright Potter nerds, quiz time. What was Harry's wand made from? Yeah, Polly. And if you're keeping count, that's three Potter mentions so far. <laughs> Holly is a wood of great protection. And if you were to cut any branches from one, you should ask permission first and then leave a gift in return for the trimmings. Holly is another good tree to plant outside your front door. It also wards off evil from entering the house. And apparently, house goblins don't like the stuff either. Holly has been used as property boundaries at the ends of hedgerows because the holly tree would stop a witch's flight along the tops of the hedge. Sprigs of holly aren't just for Christmas decor. Keep it out year-round for good luck. Burning it is also supposed to bring good luck. The Norse thought that holly was a gift from Thor and would plant them close to their homes to ward off lightning. In the British Isles, holly was thought to be a wood power of strength and control, like how Harry's wand protected him from the Dark Lord. Counts up to four, y'all. A whip from Hollywood was said to be the best way to control a team of horses, or so they thought. They would also use holly in the construction of coaches and carriages. Now, here in the south, we have bottle trees. I know y'all have heard me speak of them before, but here's a little more info for you. It's believed that the tradition dates to sometime around 900 CE in the Congo or maybe Egypt or Ethiopia. Glass bottles would have been brought to the area or made here in about 1600 BC. We think that the sound of the wind whistling over the bottle tops made our ancestors believe that spirits could dwell in the bottles, or maybe even become trapped there. As time passed, the practice of hanging bottles from trees for our protection grew in practice, and spread near and far. In the mid-1600s, when the first slaves were forced to board ships, and were carried to the New World, the practice was brought with them. It's especially prevalent in the Low Country along the Southern Atlantic and amongst where the French brought in their Haitian slaves. You can still see bottle trees all over the South and in Appalachia. Keep a bottle tree close to your house and you'll keep those evil spirits out. Now, in nearby St. Augustine, Florida, we have what are known as love trees. The first one that I'm going to talk about is both the oldest and the newest love tree in St. Augustine, the Old Senator. And if you ever want to look for it, it's located in the parking lot of a Howard Johnson. Core samples show that the ancient oak is more than 600 years old 
It was already well rooted when Columbus was trying to build his fleet. The old senator has been witness to life in St. Augustine before the Europeans ever arrived. But more recently, this oak has had a new friend growing from one of its crooks, a palm tree. And this coexistence between the two different species of trees is what makes it a love tree. Then just a mile or so down the road, and maybe a block or two back, is another love tree. This one also an intertwined palm and oak. It's said that if two people who are in love kiss beneath the branches, their love will last forever. These two sites are also two of the most popular places for people to get engaged at. So keep all of this in mind if you're ever in the oldest city and planning an engagement. Now for listener Nicole's suggested story, The Two Trees of Athens. On what is now the grounds of Westland College of Athens, Tennessee, once stood two trees that grew so close to one another that it appeared as though they were embracing. One was a hackberry tree and the other was an oak. How did these two different species come to grow so close together? Well, the legend starts off in October of 1780, when a British soldier was injured at the Battle of King's Mountain. The soldier's brigade had left him for dead on the mountainside during their retreat. Soon after the battle, he was found by a band of Cherokee who took him back to their village. Their chief, Atakulotula's daughter, Nakatula, began to nurse the young soldier back to health. Over the course of his recovery, Nakatula fell in love. They would walk out together, Nakatula teaching this tall white man the ways of her people, and it wasn't long until the red coat felt himself falling for his healer, with her culture and Nakatula herself. The two asked permission to wed, and Chief Atakulachula gave his permission and gave the white man a Cherokee name as well, Conestoga, meaning oak, for this former red coat was tall and strong like an oak. Though the chief had blessed the union, not all of the village people were happy with this decision, namely one of Nakatula's former suitors. Mocking Crow. This former suitor began plotting the destruction of this white man as soon as he could manage it. It was while out on a hunting trip that the spurned Mocking Crow put his plans into action. He managed to get Conestoga alone on a game trail. There and then he plunged a knife into his companion's back. When Mocking Crow showed back up to the village alone without Conestoga, Nakatula knew immediately something had to have happened to Conestoga, and that it was probably at Mocking Crow's hand. She raced back the way Mocking Crow had come from. His trail was easy to follow. He hadn't bothered to try to cover it up. 
It didn't take her long to find her love. He was dead, the murder weapon still sticking out of his back. She pulled the knife from him, yelled to the sky, and then plunged the knife that had taken her husband's life away and plunged the blade into her heart. She instantly crumpled and fell dead next to her husband. Her father and a good number of people from the village arrived on scene. The sight was a strikingly sad one. The two young lovers, both dead. One murdered and the other one unable to go on. Chief Atakula Chula then pulled from a pouch an acorn and a hackberry, the hackberry coming from an elm tree. He placed the acorn into Conestoga's hand and the hackberry into his daughters, then ordered the pair to be buried where they lay. Within a couple of years, two saplings would be seen growing where the young couple had been buried. Those two trees stood for 165 years, trunks not quite touching, but the limbs always intertwined. In 1945, the Hackberry Elm died and had to be removed. A mere five years later, the oak died. The trees, like the people whose graves they marked, couldn't live without the other. In 1957, the school planted two new trees in honor of the old legend and a history plaque telling the story of Conestoga and Nakatula was placed nearby the trees. It's said if it's real quiet at night, it's said that you can hear what sounds like a man and a woman whispering to one another. And in the shadows cast by these trees, it appears that the branches look like a couple holding hands. Side notes, y'all. Nicole, I nearly kind of got teary-eyed writing this one. I took a few liberties with the story just to give it some flow, some length, and help paint a picture. Also, I'm not sure why three of the four main characters had Native American names and the jealous murderer only had an English translation. But I've done some further googling and Atakula Chula was a real Cherokee leader and very influential to boot. His name translated to Leaningwood, but the British called him the Little Carpenter. Though, according to history, he died three years before he would have ever come across Conestoga. I couldn't find any info about Nakatula, but I'm guessing her name has something to do with the Hackberry Elm planted in her honor. And old Mocking Crow, he isn't given a name at all on the historical marker so make of this legend what you will if nothing else it's a tragic love story thank you so much nicole for your show suggestion i hope you enjoyed my retelling of it 
And if any of y'all would like to get in touch like Nicole did with a show idea or just say hey, y'all can email me at loreofthesouth at gmail.com. And y'all, I somehow missed a review. It's from way back in June. And it came from bmom9115. This podcast provides fun, interesting, and engaging stories and lore. I have binged all the episodes and can't wait for more. Y'all, I am so sorry it took me so long to read this on the show. And thank you so much for your kind words and five stars. It means the world to me to know that y'all are enjoying my storytelling. If you leave a review, I'd love to read yours on the podcast as well. You can leave reviews on both Apple and Spotify. Not really sure where else. And if I miss your review, please screen grab it for me and send it to laurathesouth at gmail.com. What else? Oh, I actually have a recommendation this week. I just watched The Black Phone. It's streaming on Peacock. Okay, y'all know I'm not a big horror movie fan. They're just too predictable for me. But I'd call this movie a thriller with a side of horror. The kids are all great in it, and it was wild to see Ethan Hawke as a psychopath. Just make sure that you read the parental guide on IMDb before letting kids watch. It gets kind of rough in a few places. Oh, well, a lot of places. And if you watch it, let me know what you think about it. Make sure y'all follow us on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I always post pics to go along with each episode and... Also, think about the Patreon for exclusive content. Just look for The Lore of the South on Patreon to find us. And with that, I'll talk to y'all later on Lore of the South.